Thank you very much, Kate. Do keep that open. We're going to look at that together uh, in the next few minutes, especially verse 16, which uh, we've set as our vision verse for this year, our verse of the year. Let's pray as we look at that together. Uh, Father, we've just sung uh, about uh, how the man of sorrows gave his life for us to bring us back to you. We've just sung about how this gospel, this good news, is the hope for the nation, indeed for all the nations And so we pray that through this message, um, in some ways only just words, but at the same time so powerful, that you'll speak to our hearts and change our lives, and through it and through us, change the lives of many others and of communities and of this city and beyond, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I was just... um, about 17 years old when I first came along to the church here, invited by some friends from school to the youth group, to Cypher, as it was called right back then as well. Um, And uh, I I knew a little bit about Christianity, but really was a long way from God. I was pretty atheist and then agnostic before I came to faith. But it was simply through coming along, um, experiencing services, hearing sermons, and then in Cypher, uh, the the leaders and the, the curate there unpacking the real Jesus for me, that my life has changed, that I was brought to faith in Christ um, and uh, went off to university just equipped or beginning to be equipped to follow Jesus. And of course, as you can see, you know, still following him today and seeking to serve him um, as well in my life. And that's the power of the gospel, isn't it? I, I think of someone that came up to, um, to university um, that we just took along to the Christian Union the, like the second week there, and she heard the speaker explaining who Jesus is and the difference he makes to our lives and to eternity and to the world. And she responded and wanted to go and, and, and give her life to Christ in prayer that evening. Um, that's the power of the gospel. And that verse, our key verse tonight, verse 16, uses that phrase, the power of the gospel. It's the power of God for the salvation of all who believe, whether they know young people, students, or, of course, of any age. So as we look at that tonight, that, that verse, um, and connect it with our vision, really, that arises from that verse and from the good news, uh, the gospel. It's the same thing, by the way, in English. The good news is the gospel, the message, the good message. As we look at that, we're going to ask just two questions tonight to help us to understand what's this mean for our vision as a church at Holy Trinity in 2018. Um, the two questions are simply these. What is the good news? And how does it change lives? What is the good news? And how does it change lives? Um, so, first of all, um, what is the good news? Paul says in verse 16, you see that, slightly strange, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That makes you think, well, he he must have some reason to be ashamed or to feel he might be ashamed of the gospel. Um, And almost certainly what he's saying there is because of the culture he lived in, which, a bit like today, a culture full of very clever ideas, um, lots of great thinking, philosophy and so on, uh, because it was becoming quite a culture hostile to the Christian faith, especially for Christians in Rome, the center of the empire, the place where the the emperor, the Caesars, lived. Every reason to think, well, actually, this is just just words, it's just a message, it's about a man that died on a cross. What use can that be? I'm ashamed of the gospel. And so Paul says, no, no, I'm not ashamed, despite that, um, because, he says, it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. And in this reading tonight, he really has given us already four, we could have had more, but four very quick reasons why he's not ashamed of the gospel. 
Um, the first one's probably the most important. He says in verse um, 1, it's the source of the gospel is God. Its source is God. And so you look at verse 1. Paul says, I'm a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, and set apart for the gospel of God. And he uses that word gospel several times in this opening section. The gospel is of God. And that means, doesn't it, this message that Christians receive and believe and give our lives to is not a human invention. It's not something that an ancient philosopher dreamt up and we still follow it. It's not a set of rules that someone wrote in the Middle Ages. It's not even something that the rectors come up with this year. It goes back to the source that really matters. That's where the power comes from. It's God's gospel. That's very liberating. Secondly, it's subject. It's the gospel about Jesus. So, again, verse 2, he says, The gospel... The good news that God promised beforehand through the prophets, in the, that means the Old Testament. Then it says, regarding, see that? His son. So someone says, what do Christians believe? Whatever you say in, and keep it short in one sentence, mention Jesus. The gospel is regarding Jesus. He's the subject. Uh, Jesus, as Paul explains there, uh, in terms of human nature, he came from the line of David, King David. He was the Messiah. In terms of um, his divine nature, he's God's son, demonstrated because God raised him uniquely from the dead on Easter morning. In a sense, that's all you need to know about Jesus. He's, he's a human being who came from God. He died and was raised to life for us. And that's the power of the gospel. The subject is Jesus. The secret of the gospel, uh, I don't really mean secret. I actually mean an open secret here. The secret um, is this idea that the good news reveals something. So if you look back at verse 16. The gospel is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Verse 17. For in the gospel, in the good news, in this message, a righteousness from God is or has been revealed. That's by faith from first to last. In other words, through and through, it's all about faith. Now, what Paul's saying there is that the people before Jesus, um, had, there was a secret that no one knew, that no one understood really before Jesus. But with Jesus' coming, with the gospel being announced, that secret's now out in the open. It's like you've, kind of, you've given your secret laptop password to the world. The secret's now revealed. And the secret, as Paul says there, is that we can be right with God not by being born in a particular country or ethnic group, not by what we do. And here's the power of the gospel again. We're right with God by faith. We simply receive, accept, trust in, give our lives to the good news, the message of Jesus. The secret, the open secret, is the righteousness of God through faith. And the scope of the gospel, lastly, um, the scope meaning um, it is for everyone. In our verse for the year, Paul's not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God to, to save or to, for salvation for everyone who believes. No exceptions, no exclusions, everyone. Paul, that wrote this letter to this church in Rome, was Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. 
Uh, most of Jesus' early followers were Jewish. The gospel came first to the Jewish people. But Paul was called by God to be, as he said, an apostle to the Gentiles. That means probably most of us, the rest of the world. Um, we're only here as Christians tonight because of that. And the gospel is for everyone, whoever we are. And we'll come back to what that means um, for us personally, for our church, in a few minutes' time. So here is the message of Jesus, the gospel, the power of God for salvation, that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I think in a culture where everyone um, wants to make up their own ideas about life, about meaning, about God, about faith, this is actually very liberating, because it means that we haven't got to try and do that. God's made it plain to us. He says, I've, I've given you the good news. It comes from me. It's about Jesus. It's for everyone. And it's about how I can put you right with me through faith. I haven't got to invent this. I'm going to make it up or wonder. And in a culture where experts, I think we kind of prioritize experts, people that know all the stuff, um, or the kind of privileged few that have all the power, again, isn't this incredibly countercultural and liberating that this is for anyone? Whoever you are tonight, and whoever you're going to meet this week at school, at uni, at work, in your family, this message is for them, for you. Whoever we are, age, gender, social group, identity, intellectual, whatever it might be, for everyone who simply believes. And that's great news, isn't it? That's powerful good news. So that's our first question tonight. Um, what is the gospel? Um, and let's go on now to the second question. How does the good news, the gospel, change lives? This is where we'll, we'll think a bit more in a second um, about three particular themes or goals that relate for us as a church at the moment in our vision. Um, but let's go back to verse 16 again, because this really helps us. We've prayed about um, our vision as a church. We've focused on these kind of three themes, um, and they're all actually evident in this verse. So I put them this way. I'm going to give you a, a heading and then a kind of a subtext, which is the goal for us as a church this year. Here's the heading, the first one. The gospel changes lives because it includes everyone. And I've just said this. I've re I'm repeating it, but this is so important. We're going to spend a couple of minutes on it. It includes everyone. Back in verse 14, Paul has said, I am bound both to Greeks and non-Greeks, to the wise and the foolish. He's probably there means the whole Gentile world, those that spoke the, kind of, the common language, Greek, those that maybe from other nations didn't. You know, Greek was their second language, as we put it. And then he says the wise, the foolish, he probably means those that were educated, um, the privileged few that were given you know, Greek philosophy and so on, and he says that the foolish, he just means those that weren't given their education. It doesn't matter, he says, which kind of Gentile you are, this is for you. I've got a, a calling, a debt from God to tell everyone. And so the gospel includes everyone. Uh, those who speak our language, those who share our cultural identity, whatever that might be, and those that don't. And what we've uh, drawn out from this as a, as a church is that our first goal this year, because the gospel includes everyone, is that we want to refresh our welcome for everyone. Whoever it is that walks through the door, uh, children, adults, those with the church background, those with absolutely none, 
those with a faith, those with none, men, women, educated, not particularly educated, Anglo-Saxon, those that speak English as a second language. We want to welcome in the name of Christ and offer them the good news of Christ. And not only that, we want to welcome each other in the same way, don't we? If you've been in the church for a year or, or 10 or 20 years, we want to express the gospel, the inclusive gospel, in the way we relate to and welcome each other. So this year we want, Lord willing, to increase the number of people on our formal Sunday welcome teams. We've just had a meeting with a great bunch of people about that, our three services. Um, We also want to make welcome part of our culture, so that welcome is something that you and I just give each other Sunday by Sunday whenever we gather. Now, as we come to the second point, in years to come, um, I'm quite sure we'll look at a church at, at kind, of, um, kind of bigger projects that God's calling us to. It might be, you know, are we going to be church planting? Are we going to plant like a resource church to resource other Christians and churches across our area? Uh, who knows at this point? My feeling, our feeling, having just arrived here, and, and as a church of where we are at the moment and our tremendous heritage we have, is that our focus in this year, and probably the next couple of years, is going to simply actually be on building the heart of our church, building a strong, healthy heart of Christian disciples in our church. Because we can't run unless we're walking in a healthy way. So um, bear with me on this. Let's, let's hold those, the kind of, some of those things for a few years' time. And let's now focus on our second theme, because I think this is the really important one on this topic. Um, and that's this one that the gospel brings salvation to everyone who believes. I'm just again reading, aren't I, from verse 16. The power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. But here's where I'm going with this. In verse 15, Paul said that he is eager to preach the gospel to... Did you see that in verse 15? Intriguing idea. To you Christians, he's writing to, who are in Rome. Now, I don't know about you, if you've been in church a little while, you'd have heard the idea of, of preaching the gospel. Um, the, the, the original word, the jargon word there is evangelizing. And when we evangelize, like a Billy Graham, we think, don't we, of, of sharing the good news of Jesus with those who haven't yet heard or responded to it. Isn't that what we mean by evangelism normally? But Paul says here in verse 15, I am longing to get to you in Rome, you Christians, to come to your church so I can evangelize you. Bear with this, there's a really important point here that you and I as Christians need to keep hearing the gospel just as much as someone who's not heard it before. We need the gospel to feed us, to nourish us, Uh, Paul's just said it to the Romans, to strengthen us mutually as we share it. You know, think about it. Um, I don't get up in the morning, have breakfast, and think, well, that's great, I've done breakfast the rest of my life now. I need breakfast pretty much every morning. Um, you know, trying to get fit at the moment. I don't swim thinking, that's great, I've done 10 lengths, that's it for life now. I need to come back again next week, don't I? It's the same with the gospel, to be healthy, following Christ, to keep growing closer to Christ. I need to keep hearing the gospel, and we need to keep, therefore, sharing it with each other. Faith grows by hearing the gospel. And that's why our second goal that I've put there is that we want to raise discipleship in our church. We want to raise the capacity we have to grow as disciples of Christ, to become more like Jesus, and to help each other to become more like Jesus. That's what discipleship, disciple-making means. We wanted, as I said last week, to be a church 
of disciples who are making disciples of each other too. And that happens in sermons. You know, one hopes as we pray and as we respond to what God's saying in a sermon, but it actually happens lots of other ways, doesn't it, as well? It happens in a, a one-to-one conversation over coffee afterwards. As you just talk about a verse that has meant a lot to you this week or a prayer need that you have. It happens in our small groups. And again, we're praying that more will, will join small groups this year for that encouragement and support. Um, it happens in one-to-ones, in like Bible partnerships, prayer partnerships, as we share the gospel with each other there. What we call the ministry of the pew, not the ministry of the few. You'll see there on the screen also, we want not just to raise discipleship in our church family, you know, from the youngest to the oldest, but to resource it. That partly means training one another, encouraging each other in that. Um, but it also means that we believe we need some people that can be with us as a church and on our staff team can resource us with this stuff, can encourage us, train us, teach us with the gospel. And of course, we've heard from Rosie about the way that in her role she does that. We're praying for a successor. Um, we're also praying for some other staff appointments at the moment that we'll hear more about in a minute. But um, these staff appointments are not kind of frills um, to add on to a nice church that has all already. They're actually, I think, a core part of how we resource this central part of our vision to be growing disciples who grow disciples. So that's our second point. The gospel brings salvation to everyone who believes. And that means Christians. We need the gospel because it's powerful. Here's the third, here's the final way that the gospel changes lives. It brings salvation to everyone who believes. And you say, hang on, Richard, you're repeating yourself. You just said that. And I did, didn't I? But I'm repeating this because it's what the verse says and because it also means the gospel brings salvation to everyone, not just who already believes, but to those who don't yet, but receive it. What we normally think of as evangelizing, sharing the good news with those who need Christ. Paul believes passionately that sharing this gospel with those who hear it and have not yet received it is his particular calling. Um, And he's writing actually to this church, to the Roman Christians, because he wants them to help him to take the good news to people in Spain who've not heard it yet. You can see that in chapter 15 of Romans. But evangelizing, sharing the good news with lost people is something that all of us can support and be part of. And of course, one person can't do it themselves. Um, The Apostle Paul wanted support Uh, colleagues in doing this. Uh, I, as the rector, I can't do this with more than a couple of dozen people at any one time. But as a church, if we all get involved in this, who knows what God could do to help lost people to find Christ, to bring the power of God, the gospel, that brings salvation to everyone that he sends us to. Now, I know that you and I are probably not Billy Graham, that God used remarkably, But we're all still evangelists. We're all called and equipped in different ways as God's wired us to pass on the message of Jesus. It could just be, uh, for instance, by just praying for five people. You've got got five people at school that you could pray for, or five at uni, or five at work, or friends, family, the person in the post office that you see behind the counter. 
just five people, write their names down, obviously five because you can just remember one for each finger of your hand, and start praying for them, for opportunities to point them in some way to Jesus, and you'll see what God does. We can also take part in this by inviting people. Um, we've got services coming up. We just heard from Matt about Mothering Sunday, about Easter weekend. Uh, we have Discover Calls that will be running uh, right the way through the year to invite people to, to come and explore Jesus and what he means for them. But we also want to make sure that as individually we're playing our part, we're praying, we're inviting and so on, that we make sure all of our activities as a church in some way give people the chance to hear about Jesus, whether it's the student group, whether it's the toddler group. Uh, we also want to be partnering more, if we can, with some of the ministers around that are a way to connect people with the gospel. So the Jenny Lynn Project up the road here, um, the English Plus Ministry, um, inviting people in from that to come and hear about Jesus. So will you pray for that? Will you um, do what you can as the person God's made you to point someone or five people to Jesus? Because we want, as a church, don't we, this year and beyond, to see not just a few, but hundreds of people hear about Jesus and have the opportunity to find salvation because the power of God is in that message for all who receive it. So there's our vision in a nutshell. Um, and you're going to receive, um, as we have coffee tonight, they're out there on the table through there, a little pack like that, which will have, if you're on the electoral roll, your name on it. Um, but there are spares for you if you're not yet on the electoral roll. And inside there's one of these vision cards, which will have the verse on the front and that summary there, and then the detail on the back for you to go away and pray over. Um, our vision is to refresh our welcome, to raise and resource discipleship, to release the gospel for everyone, because that's who the gospel's for, as we've seen tonight. And I think that if you're a person tonight and you're, you're just on the edge of church, maybe you're wondering what is all this Jesus stuff, um, it's great you're here. Please just keep coming. Um, but do take, if you'd like one, a gospel with, from us tonight. Because the gospel, the words about Jesus, is the best and the, the most straightforward and safe way to explore who Jesus is for yourself. We'd love to give you one of those. If you're a regular here, three things you, can, you, you and I can do. We've said them already. Please pray above all for this. Come along to Prayer Focus this Wednesday night where we'll pray about those three headings. Refreshing our welcome, raising up discipleship, releasing the gospel. So please pray. Um, please talk to someone this week that, that knows you a little bit about how you think you could play a part supporting this. It could just be, I want to start praying for five people. Or I want to invite someone to discover in the autumn, whatever it might be. And then thirdly, as I've said already, pick up one of these vision packs, whether one with your name on, or just get a spare one if you're not meant for a role yet. We'd love you to take that away, because inside, as well as the card, there's information about how as a church we can support this financially, um, because there is clearly a financial challenge involved in resourcing this vision for our church. So I'm going to come back in a few minutes and just pray for our vision and lay that before the Lord before we go on in prayer. Let's pray now, shall we, for our vision, and then I'm going to hand over to Rosamond to lead us in prayer too. Father, thank you for um, the gospel we've been reminded of tonight about Jesus. We pray that our life and our welcome as a church may demonstrate uh, that the gospel's for everyone. 
And we pray that our lives and our words may enable everyone to whom you send us to hear it and by faith to receive it and to be transformed through it. We pray you'll release uh, the, the resourcing, the generosity of this church even further so that we can fulfill in your strength the vision you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.